Hello, this is the audio-only version of the Council on Future Conflicts. If you prefer video, please join us on the Future Conflicts channel on YouTube. If you'd like to watch the show live and participate in the chat, the show begins at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, as well as a special Saturday evening show at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, sharing our show with friends, and reviewing us on your podcasting app of choice. Now on with the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you, Joe. All right, we're live. Uh, hey, so uh, normally you'd ha- you'd have a picture of our thumbnail up, but today it's a little different. So uh, we're gonna talk about some uh, some some new uh, changes that'll be made here around the uh, channel in the next. To, we'll talk. We'll announce it all today. Show you guys the stuff, and then by the next time we do the uh, show, um, we're gonna have a totally new name and the new branding will all be up. So. Here we go. Um, Joe, how are you doing this morning? I am doing well and good, both at the same time, which is pretty unusual. I hope you're caffeinated today because we're going to need you at uh, at full strength. Uh, I've got a little, I got my little energy drink right here. <laughs> yeah, I got my cup of water. Uh, hey, Mike, how are you doing today? Yes, sir. I am highly caffeinated. I am awake. Absolutely, absolutely, and I just you know I want to I want to say that uh, you you got me pumped up with that uh, post in our private chat. So that's what's uh, I don't have any caffeine in me, but that's definitely what's got my heart going. The, this yeah, morning. There you go. That's that's what I'm for. That's what I'm here for. Ron, good morning. Yes, it is. We uh, we had a wonderful uh, spring snowstorm <clears throat> overnight. I got eight inches of fresh white powder outside my house. Oh wow, that's you know even here in Korea we <laughs> haven't got more than about three inches at any one time here, you know, and then it all goes away before the next one comes in. So that's what she said. Hey, it's family show, Joe. Come on. No Liberty jokes here, Joe. Yes, absolutely. So watcher, how are you? I'm doing fantastic this morning, Scott, not just good, not just great. Fantastic. Because I've got some amazing news for our chat chat. You'll never guess who I just talked to this morning. Gosh, unless, Watcher, who did you talk to? Unless your guess is Lord Miles, you're wrong. Uh, Lord Miles has agreed. Lord, Lord Miles and his fantastic driver, uh, uh, Roman, have agreed to come appear on our, our lowly show on Friday. And I am so incredibly excited. We're going to get an entire hour with Lord Miles and Roman. Yeah, so it should be pretty interesting. Those guys have been in Ukraine. They were in Ukraine before the war started, and they're in Ukraine right now. Um, I think I saw on his uh, social media that he's in Kharkiv now, maybe, um, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm sure he'll tell us uh, on uh, on Friday, so that'll be a lot of fun. So make sure uh, we're probably going to be blasting the socials with, uh, with that um, in the next couple of days, so please... Um, as you see that stuff, make sure you share it out. I think that'll be a kind of good opportunity for us to help potentially grow the community, uh, bring some new folks into the fold, and then it'll be a great opportunity for us to have the new branding. So real quick, I want to share with you. Um, so I don't know how many of you have seen who saw the patch uh, concept that we had. Uh, we shared it on the um, Gilded server. And I don't think that we've, I think uh, Zevius, the artist, has uh, shared it on his Twitter, but I haven't pushed it out to you guys yet. So I don't know if you have that, that Grab patch. It now. Yeah. 
And anyway, so that patch is part of our kind of, so there it is. So this will be our first piece of merch, right? Um, Joe, this is the, uh, this is, this is not the final, final one because it has the U instead of the V there. Yeah, I was going to say, we still have it spelled wrong, yeah. No, we, no, we've got it, we got it corrected, but we just, we just don't have that, the new version. We're just spelling it the old Roman way. That's fine. We're cool. That's right. (laughs) That's right. But, uh, so we're, so, so Joe, we're going to, we're, we're going to go through your contact and we're going to get some patches made of this. Um, so it'll look pretty much like this, but as a patch. Are those vinyl patches or are they, um, are they? Whichever you choose, the vinyl's actually a little bit cheaper. So, so you know, what I, you know, for the first version, I would be willing to go either way. Honestly, I'm kind of a traditionalist myself, um, but uh, you know, like I'm not uh, dyed in the wool either way. So if the if we'll listen to the chat and and uh, let, actually, you know what? Let's see. Can I put? I can put a poll in. Ooh, uh, patch. Look at our hyper intelligent chat. They even got where the where where our Latin phrase is from. First shot. Well, I almost said, well, first of all, that Adam knew, so he doesn't really count. Um, but um, I was going to say, no, it's not Virgil. It's Major Tom. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone, by the way, this character's this is we've decided this is Major Tom. Oakleaf inbound. Probably here. Yes. All right, so let me or something. I guess is there a space marine uh like standardized space marine uh uh ranks that might be different? Space hmm. marine. Uh-huh. No, you you're talking about you're talking about like the guardians, right? That's what they call oh. those uh, space Oh no. I, I I was actually thinking like either um the, the Starship Federation Troopers Starfleet Space Marines or no, I, I was actually thinking either, either Starship Troopers or Warhammer or um uh-huh. Potentially even um, Halo. All right, so we've got in the chat we've got patch type, either to embroidered or vinyl. So uh, I know a lot of people like the uh, the you know the the new school people like the vinyl ones. You know, for the traditionalists, I think the uh, old school embroidered patch. Um, so that'll be kind of that'll be our first piece of merch that comes out. Um, you know, we're also going to, you know, probably do do a limited run of uh, this patch uh, or this symbol on a uh, like a mug for all the council members. So that'll be something that's a that's kind of rare. Uh, and we may give that out as a special as a special giveaway item or something along those lines uh, to maybe one or two people in the chat. So um, maybe we'll if you're see. a member for a whole year. Well, we'll see. Well, you know, we'll we'll come up with something new by then, right? Because um, you can get the you can get custom mugs, you know, and, and minimum order quantity of like you know a dozen. So, you know, we can we can kind of do this with a different thing. So, um, and then we're also going to do a sticker of it, and uh, and so you know there will be a couple different options, and eventually we'll probably do a T-shirt and and some things like that. So anyway, it'll be kind of fun. Uh, to see uh, to see that come out, and then as you saw the red skull uh, space helmet, Major Tom, that is going to be the uh, kind of the on brand the the kind of branded logo. If you look at all our thumbnails, we use the red and white letters with the black background, so that's kind of what we're uh, going with for this. 
Um, that's probably not the only colors we'll ever do. I've got a white version of that exact same uh, one. So we'll definitely kind of change it up. Uh, but ultimately, that'll be our kind of channel branding going forward. And the channel name will be for the next show will be Future Conflict. Um, that it'll be the Future Conflict YouTube channel. Um, and so you won't have to change your, anything. If you're subscribed to this channel now, you will continue to be subscribed <clears throat> to Future Conflict going forward. And then this show specifically will be the Council on Future Conflict. Um, so that's kind of like the show versus the channel. Um, and, you know, this is going to be what we're all about here. We're going to we're talking about where the conflict is today and where the conflict is going to be in the future. Um, you know, while, we're, while we're on that topic, I have a, I have a conflict related comment. If you see well-armed Corgi there in the chat, um, <laughs> based on an intelligence report I received yesterday, he and I had to laugh a little. He had to change his name because someone named Comrade Corgi uh, was teaching uh, Antifa related people to shoot. So he says, well, I, I guess I have to change my name now. So all hail well-armed Corgi, who is formerly known as Comrade Corgi. Yes, yeah, so this is what happens when you send lieutenants out into space. They get lost and turn into, into, into ex-lieutenants. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. I can think of some lieutenants that I'd like to take out onto the uh, land nav course right about right, right now. <laughs> It, it, it's even funnier if you think about the bomb exploding behind him and the city being destroyed. I'm sorry. Hey, it's just hey, it's I don't even know where hey, I'm going right now. Hey, hey, Mike, don't you think there's probably uh, some land nav courses at Bragg and maybe in West Virginia that we're, we could lose, permanently lose lieutenants? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have no doubt. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, almost got almost got lost myself. So, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, the drift monster is real. Uh, okay. Either that or, you know, stuff like Mount, Mountain Laurel. <laughs> you know, just little little tiny obstacles. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I you know, who, whoever, whoever thought we would be thinking of, uh, of uh, land nav as a weapon. Um, all right. So... <laughs> <laughs> onward ever onward let's go to the map shall we um all right so i'm gonna be i'm gonna i'm gonna warn you we're gonna we're kind of um you know i i, I think the ministry of truth in uh, ukraine is starting to lock down on some of the, the external reportage uh so uh some of the information sources are starting to dry up and and so for instance with the city like Mariupol what we said was like where the action was you know there literally is hardly any new news out of there uh in the last 18 hours so we're I, you know I've got a pretty good report as to where they were yesterday and that's pretty much what I'm going to be giving you guys today but I think that's indicative of their situation too though so uh okay so let's get started with Kiev. Um, Russia says that military activities in the Kiev and Chernihiv area will be reduced for the sake of mutual trust. Uh, you know, if you believe Russians bearing gifts. Um, reports on both sides uh, of the fight seem to confirm a reduction in forces in the area in and around Kiev. This doesn't se seem to be a full pullback, but a reduction in area in areas of recent fighting. Um, it's doubtful whether Russia will truly uh, scale back its operations in Kiev and Chernihiv. Uh, though efforts to shift to the east, uh, Russia uh, uh, Russia will maintain pressure there 
as negotiations continue by holding occupied territory and executing limited offensive as opportunities arise. Clearly, that's an assessment. Um, also, on the Ukrainian side, we have had reports of a counteroffensive uh, in and around uh, Korotsin, Chopovich, and Malian. Um, so that's the kind of eastern, uh, I'm sorry, the western side of that salient pushing down out of Belarus towards Kiev, uh, you know, kind of ending at the Hostomel area. Um, so the idea is, is that these Ukrainian counterattacks are going after the supply lines and hopefully to cut off those uh, forces in the uh, suburbs of uh, Kiev. Um, and this would be like a this that would if they were able to to do something there, uh, that would be amazing. But the uh, the you know there just there's no evidence that I've seen to actually support uh, any real uh, uh, movement in those areas. Um, like like Kiev, Chernihiv uh, remains under uh, Ukrainian control. Um, there are clear indications that Russian forces are establishing new defensive lines around the Snub River uh, to the east and the northeast of Chernihiv. Uh, it's not clear how the Russian dispositions east of, you know, south of Chernihiv and east of Kiev have shifted. Um, but clearly, uh, they too are, are seeing some uh, both firming of their lines and shifting based on this uh, Russian reprioritization. Um, so we can assess that if they are reprioritizing forces, it's not to pull them back in a peaceful effort. It's most likely to shift those forces out of those areas and into areas that they feel like they can uh, be more effective, i.e. in the Donbass region uh, and maybe in and around Mariupol. Uh, so uh, looking for uh, looking towards Sumy, uh, which is uh, to the east of Chern the Chernihiv area. Um, Siege of Sumy has generally been lifted as Ukrainian forces have been able to relieve the city and bisect uh, Russian positions from Sumy to uh, Oktyarika uh, because of the withdrawal from the Russian forces to the Kharkiv-Donbass strategic front. So and we're seeing some good news there, but at the same time, I think, you know, this Sumy uh, kind of the, the lightning and pressure of the, in the Sumy area really is due to the, the overall refocus of forces to the Donbass and Southern Front. Um, so along the Donbass uh, front, we're seeing still pressure and artillery. Um, we're not seeing any uh, major offensive operations along the former line of control um, down to the Mario, you know, the kind of, if you've got the Mariupol area, then you've got the southern front kind of stretching from the line of control all the way over to the Kherson uh, area. Um, you have, we haven't seen any new offensive operations out, outside of the uh, already established offensive operations in and around Mariupol. Um, looking to see if uh, Kiev also starts to get more attention. I'm sorry, not Kiev, but uh, uh, Kharkiv uh, starts to get more attention as they uh, start to shift some of those forces. And then so we got Mariupol here. So, I mean... You know, even Live UA Maps doesn't have any social media accounts for here. We do have some uh, video uh, and some information that's come out from the uh, Chechens uh, and the Russian forces. So this is a DNR. Uh, so DNR means he's a separatist, not a uh, uh, not a, uh, um, a Russian soldier. And so he sits there and he talks for like three minutes. 
uh, in Russian, and that doesn't do me any good. So what does he say? All right, can you, uh, let's see, I got to bring that up. Can you drop the link to that for me? Yep, dropping it now in the private. So that I can read it and then just show it. All right. All right, so what is this guy saying? What he's saying actually is pretty interesting, and I, I am inclined to believe him. Um, so he says he'll start with this. The cheerful reports of our correspondents are not slightly true. Um, no, not everything is bad. We're advancing, but advancing much slower than what's being reported. Uh, please don't take it. Uh, take the footage out. Uh, I don't know what percent of the city is under control, but it definitely isn't 80%. We are working from uh, shoreside towards the... Uh, Myotid Boulevard, we reached the residential area that is directly in front of uh, Azov Stalo. That's the kind of the steelworks there in uh, the industrial area. The battles have been very difficult and hard. Why? Because we, as a reconnaissance squad, are being used for locating firing positions. For instance, we enter, locate where the Ukrainians are working from, quickly fall back. The artillery and aviation then fire at them, and we reenter. Losses are... Uh, are of course not small. Uh, this is how we gnaw through meter after meter, house after house, street after street, and we've got a lot more advancing to do. With regard to the supplies, uh, it's not good there either. Um, it's not clear what our military department was doing for eight years, but since the DPR Spechnaz, uh, uh, Pegov, he's a DNR leader, uh, talks about as if it controls the city, uh, it's us who fought in 2014, 2015, those who stayed in service. I've not seen any Russians at all. They are they are working in different directions. Chechens are working closely, helping us. That's all. DPR Spechnaz is to us. Um, the army uh, that was in the photos, do you remember the, the period from 2016 to 2022 when they weren't allowed to take photos during assignments? Why did they do that? God forbid a fighter a fighter talks. He needs to have a uniform, burnished boots, and a trench fully equipped. But we have yet to see a base set of clothes and other equipment like armored vests, carrying vests, or anything else. We don't know where that is. Everybody uses the any equipment they can for their with their own money. How is the Azov equipped? So he's referring to the Azov Brigade, the primary defenders in that region of the city. They are fully loaded. They have night vision. They have U.S. sniper rifles. They've got everything. They see much better than us and further. They have excellent radio communications and jamming systems. Next one. I'd like to okay. point out what he just said there. Let me let me Hold finish on, this it, it gets worse. paragraph. Yeah, it gets worse, right. Uh, and jamming system. When we entered a house a couple of the times, they cut us off and fired us. They're snipers and machine gunners. If we're able to break into their radio comms, we understand that they can see us well and control the situation. Moreover, the jamming systems can jam us and we cannot counter this with anything. It's like World War I where a messenger is running under fire. That's how it is. It's not rosy, but not bad either. Uh, and so he, so basically he goes on, you know, we will continue to fight. We will continue to win. But, but ultimately he bemoans the entire situation they're in and, and, thinks the losses are too high uh, for what they should, uh, where they should be at. So that's actually a fairly, I think, lucid and um, not BS, you know, uh, position on where the, um, uh, on where the bad guys are. Uh, 
you know, as far as the Ukrainian defenders of uh, Mariupol. Joe, I'm sorry to cut you off there. What do you, what did, what did no, you want to say? No, he just made it a point of saying that they have U.S. rifles. Right. Uh, you know, it's trying to, to once again link us to that group that I've said was going to happen all along. And, you know, it's sad. So. Well, and I and I do just want to mention this as we've mentioned several times the the Ukrainian Marines are also a major force in the city, and I would suspect yep. that any DNR guy is going to call essentially any Ukrainian that has got a weapon on him at this point as of. So it doesn't necessarily mean. Well, but... right, and 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 we've already established uh, that you know the Ukrainian Marines are also in that uh, area, so they very well could be fighting Ukrainian Marines, and ultimately, yep. you know how it is—you tar everybody with the same brush. But it's so, terrible it, because we can't back out of it. <laughs> so, so this is so this is really the end of the. I mean, so going further in the southern front, we don't have any other kind of updates. So, what what are you guys thinking? Um, because there's one there's one tiny update, and that's just oh. that we've started to see riverboats oh, coming yes. up, Russian riverboats coming up the Dnieper. Yeah, so Brownwater Navy and the the Dnieper River. I thought I thought that was kind of interesting, Joe. Yeah, that is. I mean, you know, you're not. I know you're not a brown water navy guy. You're a. You're more of a. You know, just a. You know, a marine. Marines but, are brown water navy. I mean, <laughs> well, I would never tar you with the slanderous term navy. Come on. Well, I, I, can recall, I can recall crossing the Panama Canal and something similar to that. So. So when you say brown water or river cruise river boats, are you talking like the Viking river cruisers up the Rhine and the Danube type of thing? <laughs> I I don't know because it's half hidden behind a bridge, but it's not large. Okay, so, they so it's like what we were doing on the Euphrates. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I yeah, I'm not quite sure what that is either. Mm -hmm. That very well just may be a fast attack boat that they've pushed up the river a little bit, but um, it you know. I, I don't think we're looking at like flat bottom PBR type deals. But no. Russian naval Spetsnaz boats crews are no joke, man. So yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. So um, anyway, so that's the uh, that's our our map update for today. Um, you know, we're eighty three people in um, uh, viewers at this point. So let me uh, get you guys uh, if you haven't already sub subscribe to the channel and hit the bell for notifications. Also. Uh, let's see if we can't uh, get the likes up uh, while we're actually live. Uh, let's see how fast we can get to 100. Um, you know, I, I, we only have 83, so if we can only get up to 83, but, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see if we can get the, get to 100 before, uh, before the end of the first hour. So, um, yeah, so this is a little bit of video. Uh, this is actually from yesterday, but, you know, since we didn't have a show yesterday, I thought it'd be worth sharing. Um, and this is in Mar Mariupol. So, but this is the Russian side, and it's uh, more of that thirty millimeter cannon we were talking about with um, on Andrew's channel yesterday, uh, Joe. Okay. So uh, let's go ahead and push play there. Very dramatic pull up there. I thought. Yeah, Andrew's awesome. Welcome, Trout. <coughs> so 
So, um, you know, we're, like we were, so we, um, myself, Joe and Ron all had a appearance on uh, Legal Mindset yesterday. And um, we talked with, uh, I remember that guy. Where, where did we watch this video yesterday? Well, no, I'm thinking that that the it, that was more RT video. I'm thinking that the red backpack signifies uh, RT crew, and that's probably oh, their okay. bodyguard. Oh, know? okay. This, oh, I, I got you. I got you. Um, I, anyway, I was kidnapped we, yesterday. I just want to point that out. Yeah, we well, dragged Ron kicking. He was Shanghai. That's show. true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Shanghai is the proper term. <laughs> You know, Josh Ham, he's uh, been a steady member of the chat, but I don't know, man. This is uh, yeah, this is beyond the pale. <laughs> I was told it was a family show earlier. That's exactly what I told <laughs> Josh. You should know better. Shame on you. Um, well, we could always turn that into Texans and Oklahomans and get Josh all fired up. Joe, Joe Dolio, people of unspecified genders department. Is, is he talking? Is that another Navy joke? Yes, it's troubling. I said that the Marines were the men's department of the Navy. So then we get this. <laughs> Danielle, in family Navy, show. In the Navy. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. Has Ron yes. recovered and put a <laughs> put out to uh, I said Ron gets nervous whenever lawyers are around, so... Poor guy. Yeah, so if, if, if you're in my chat and you haven't, uh, you already haven't checked up, Legal Mindset Show. I mean, you're definitely going to want to check out yesterday's show. Um, it was uh, it was awesome, and uh, you know who knows maybe uh, maybe we'll get uh, Andrew to come back on uh, and 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 hang out with us again over here. Um, so, uh, Joe, real quick, I wanted to get your take on um, on on our on our comments yesterday, just to kind of give people a, a kind of a quick reminder. Or we can't kind of recreate the conversation from yesterday, but um, just some overall kind of takeaways from uh, our appearance with Andrew yesterday. Like, well, you know, I mean, so so we were we were talking about um, you know just the kind of that the the fighting in in uh, you know in Mariupol specifically, you know, that using you know they're starting to be a little more effective. You're starting to see. You know, uh, the Russians kind of change up their tactics. Now, there's a lot of performative stuff that we saw with the Chechnyans and whatnot, uh, but that's not all performative, right? I mean, there's right. clearly they are doing some fighting. And this guy, you know, that we heard the testimonial from, I mean, he's basically saying enough bad to make me feel like he, when he says something good, he's probably being on, on the level. No, I, I so. think that guy is, is fairly truthful. And, and I think that uh, it, it's indicative of the larger situation. Um, they've never really had a good supply situation in the separatist regions, and it's only going to get worse as this goes on. Um, but um, I, I think that that what's important is um, I've said all along that the Mariupol situation was avoidable because you don't have to defend every inch. And it's kind of silly to continue to defend something that you're not going to be able to resupply. Um, and and you have to think about the civilian lives in Mariupol. Uh, as as the government of Ukraine, why would you not at this point declare the city open? I, I just uh, I, I don't I don't know. You, you have to you have to consider that the damage being done to civilian infrastructure versus your strategic goals. No strategic goal is met by by retaining that city, and all you're doing is prolonging suffering by everyone. 
Well, I mean, you know, watchers showing us some of the new updated footage, uh, uh, overhead imagery. Um, I mean, this this city has been devastated. I mean, this is a full re. You know, this in order to get this city back to anywhere near the way it was before the fight, um, and this is going to be a full restoration job, um, and it's not going to be cheap, and it's not going to be quick either. Um, and we do so. This here. This is the um, the theater, the kind of famous theater. It says children or whatever in um, Ukrainian on the on the ground or Russian. And so uh, there that was hit, uh, I guess, looks like maybe hit more than once um, by some pretty big ordnance. And some people were I don't think anybody was killed in that attack, but I think there were several wounded. Um, but based on the on the ground footage we saw yesterday, that area has been uh, taken by the Russians, and this right. area is no longer in the possession of the Ukrainians. And look at these smaller buildings. I mean, some of these smaller buildings are just totally destroyed. I mean, all it looks like you're looking at there with some of it is, you know, either open, uh, just wall, standing walls with the ceilings open to the, you know, or just down to, you know, um, uh, foundations. Well, without just, zooming, though, oh, you have to sorry. understand, too, that construction in that area involves a lot of yards fenced in completely yeah. absolutely yeah like a compound type deals yeah yeah, yeah. um and th and then the other uh oh look who's in the chat causing trouble no yeah we appreciate uh andrew having us on yesterday uh it was a good time i'm glad ron was able to come on we were able to kind of uh you know tell the world a little more about who Ron is and, and, you know, and thoroughly embarrass him. Um, you know, that being said, uh, you know, Ron, uh, is a good American, uh, former, uh, CIA paramilitary officer. So, uh, that's one of well, those kind of I'm things. I'm telling you from our show yesterday, we learned that, that there are some pretty nice photos of Ron floating around the internet and Ron used to be a good looking man. I don't know what happened. But uh, well, I mean, I don't know. As as a fellow, uh, as a fellow uh, gray-headed man myself, I think Ron's a rather dapper. Um, in his Tom Selleck, you know, his uh, Tom Selleck, the later years uh, mustache. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very groomed right now. You're a good-looking man. You're a good-looking man, Ron. Don't think I haven't noticed. <laughs> but I'm not. A, I'm Thanks, not going to be your prison cell partner or anything. Yeah, I, was, I was gonna say, wait, wait till, wait till. <laughs> oh uh, God. Ten ten thousand uh, South Korean won. Thank you very much. Donation for Ron's mustache fund. Absolutely, oh. we need to get some, get him some. You know. I, so in I other wish... words, in other words, Andrew's returning my retainer. Spot <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> on. Oh man. Thank you, Lisa. Oh. So I just want to get back to this. This 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 just reinforces a theory that I've heard a lot of well-minded strategists say, which is that the Russians are very likely to turn to it. The I, I believe the Germans termed it as as uh, uh, snail uh, snail warfare, essentially, where you slow everything entire like basically you you slow everything entirely down. You use scouting as much as possible, and you use absolutely overwhelming firepower with artillery in order to uh, scout out an area and then take it. If you have to clear a building room by room, grenades first, overwhelming force at, at the, basically bring the entire level of the division down on a single house at a time. Yeah. Did someone yeah, say I, scouting? That's the title of my next book. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know, so, but here's another thing though. I mean, we, um, 
All right, so we've got 100 we've got 107 people in the, you know, live viewers right now. So if you guys aren't hitting that live button, let's uh let's hit let's get the likes up to uh to uh 100 videos. Um, you know, before uh before the end of the show. So 100 likes before the end of the show. All right. This is but looking a lot I, like Resden to me. Well, yes. so what I what I was going to say is, is this kind of gets to our first mm-hmm. our more general topic and I want this one, I think we could kind of go around on too, because it's uh, it's it's kind of complex and it puts a little blame on both sides, right? And that's you know this uh, you know I think Ron, you were the one that shared this this afternoon, and this thread I think talks a lot about not just the fact that civilians are on the battlefield, but what are the responsibilities that the combatants have? You know, for instance, if if you're on the defense, if you militarize a neighborhood. You know what? What does that mean, right? So let's just go through this uh, real quick. So let's go back to the first tweet here, and I'll I'll read that off. Um, I've said this from the beginning. Uh, it isn't an excuse. The harsh reality of urban combat. All right, and so he's referring to a Washington Post.com uh, as Ukraine uh, military defends Kiev. Civilians are in the crossfire. Okay, so caught in the middle. Uh, uh, so the second tweet says, increasingly, and this is a quote from the, the article, increasingly Ukrainians are confronted uh, by an, un- uh, an un- confronting an uncomfortable truth. The military's understandable impulse to defend against Russian attacks could be putting civilians in its crosshair. So this kind of goes back to what you said, Joe. I mean, at some point you have to determine what is, uh, you know, what is a reasonable uh, type of thing to do when it comes to... Uh, well, I actually have a quote from uh, from the president of Ukraine's office on that when you're, uh, whenever you're ready for that. Hey, uh, real quick, I'd like to say, uh, Gizmo, welcome. You, you are uh, our first new uh, YouTube member of the day. Appreciate you. And uh, I just, this is a good reminder that uh, if you join... Uh, the, uh, if you join the channel, uh, we're going to be doing monthly uh, a monthly kind of private chat. We're still working out the uh, logistics of how we're going to do that. But you essentially get a, an opportunity to come on and, and not just uh, type into the, uh, the chat, uh, you know, uh, questions, but actually voice chat with us here uh, on the panel. And we're going to be doing that once a month. And like I said, you know, as we get a little closer to uh, April, which will be our first one of these uh, we'll figure out exactly the logistics and we'll make sure all the members know. Uh, and this is also a good opportunity for Watcher to drop the link in the chat to our Gilded uh, server. If uh, you guys haven't jumped over there on that, uh, we definitely recommend you come on over. Um, that's probably where we will do uh, all of our uh, member chat types uh, and, and special events over there. Um you know, another benefit of being a member is when we're going to do a giveaway at the same time that we do um, the first uh, a special event. And that if you are a member, you automatically, uh, without having to do anything, will be signed up for the giveaways. Everybody else will have to kind of do some uh, social media interaction to get signed up for the uh, uh, for the giveaway. So that's uh, one other advantage. And then also, if you don't know this about YouTube's <clears throat> membership program, is that um, you know you get one free member chat every month, so that's essentially the same. Uh, we treat it the same as a uh, five dollar super chat. Um, so uh, that means that uh, I'll interrupt Joe mid sentence in order to bring uh, yes. to bring your question to his attention. Uh, it, it, tr- trust me, Joe loves that when I interrupt him mid sentence. I do. I do. 
his finely tuned sergeant instincts don't make his hand turn into a knife hand. That's under right. The desk knife or hand. Anything. Listen to me. Listen Nothing. to me. <laughs> hey, Joe, I thought the uh, I thought the coordinated effort of our knife hands there was actually pretty. Well, it was pretty good. darn good, wasn't it? Um, uh, trust me, I've had some nice hands pointed at me. Interestingly, the Korean martial art I teach, Chung Soo Do, is called the Way of the Knife Hand. Oh, that's interesting. Anywho. All right, Josh, I, I see you in the chat here. So this story I sent you from Scott Ritter is potentially applicable in regards to movement and strategy. Let me uh, let me check that out at, at the at the kind of next opportunity. I, I honestly haven't had a chance to look at that. Um, okay, so anyway, let me continue on with this thread. Um, virtually every neighborhood in most cities has become militarized, Most, uh, some more than others, making them potential targets for Russian forces. A, de a defensive position in a neighborhood is a legitimate military target. And the fact and if you put an artillery piece in somebody's backyard, the circular probability error of, of that target becomes essentially free game right i was and just gonna bring up the, the 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 multiple artillery pieces they were trying to hide in that mall yes so right yeah we we already saw what happened to that mall and uh in uh key what you know they thought they were being sneaky and they got that whole mall blown up and and the ukrainians then rushed out to arrest anyone who posted a photo of them hiding those vehicles right defenders when, of democracy good work all right so here we go uh Note the example given in the lead uh, was the Russian target. Stop moving. I'm trying to, <laughs> uh, was the Russian target a civilian building or a Ukrainian rocket battery? Uh, another military target? Um, the reality was we'll never know. Yet the immediate assumption, Im immediate assumption is that the target was civilian. Uh, keep in mind the, the war you are watching isn't Call of Duty Modern Warfare or Battlefield. Yeah, nobody plays Battlefield, though. Uh, most weapons used are not precision-guided munitions. Warf uh, warfare and Call of Duty uh, are two very different things. Um, and then number six, all right, scroll up or scroll for me. Yeah, there we go. Uh, again, if you choose to defend, if you choose to defend your, I swear to God, watcher. I'm sorry, I didn't, I, I thought we were done with this one and I was looking for a number seven. No, uh, again, if you choose to defend your cities, uh, which is your right and decision I'd likely a decision I'd likely make you must fortify those cities thus blurring the lines between military and civilian targets and you will well, incur civilian casualties if civilians are not evacuated and I have a quote here um, in their article the Washington Post contacted Zelensky's office for comment and this is a quote from Alexei Arostovich who is his spokesman he said that the law of war doesn't apply to the Ukraine of defense or to the defense of the Ukraine because Russia seeks to destroy them. So they don't have to uh, follow the law of war. But Russia does. Um, now, I'm fairly well versed in the Hague and Geneva conventions, and I've yet to see that part uh, where it says that the defender does not have to follow that rule. So. Um, what, what was funny about that? And, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to get accused of this. Uh, of this Putin apologist thing, but, but I'm not, both sides are equally wrong here. And uh, Paris declared itself an open city to prevent this right. In world war two. Um, I get it. Kiev is the capital, but, but, but in a place like Mariupol where there's no hope of you regaining it anytime soon, you're only prolonging suffering for your civilians and the civilians are who we need to, um, to be worried about, right. The people who live there. Um, so, saying that that you've got the absolute right to do something that nobody else does on the planet 
uh, is not the way to go about this. Um, but we must remember, Mr. Zelensky is the defender of democracy, uh, protector of the realm of men. Uh, peace be upon him. So. I thought you were going to transition into something about your feet picks. No, this whole thing over here is because somebody asked if they get a link to our OnlyFans with a membership. And I said, <laughs> yes, but it's Watchers OnlyFans. And he asked mm -hmm. Jack Murphy Beard. Yeah, that's it's true. That's exactly Again, right. He, Jack Murphy has Watcher Beard. Uh, so so uh, hang on, hang on. I just want to I just want to add to what Joe just said that in a civil war, which, you know, between two Slavic peoples and that this is, um, it's, there, there are no rules. There is no, I mean, yes, there's the law of land warfare. There's the international criminal court. There's the Hague, there's this, there's that. And that's all well and good. And that's when the victors come out and they say, okay, here are the rules that, you know, who's the war criminals, you know, for the losers. But um, this is a civil war. And the, the, the one thing about a civil war is it ain't very civil. Yeah, and it, it's 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 no holds barred. It is it is the worst of the worst of conflict. So, just go with that, it, and then act appropriately. It, it seems to me that uh, Zelensky hasn't conceded Mariupol because that would be kind of against his media image of defending the entire Ukraine bravely uh, while he's you know while he's doing his tour to uh, get support. Um, I, I'd agree with you, Joe. You know, yeah. from a from a uh, you know, I guess a moralistic point of view. Uh, and you're right. I mean, he is uh, he he has very little to gain by not um, conceding that particular city. But but I think that's probably why he is not. Yeah, you know, you know what I find funny about yeah. the Washington Post article is they uh, they talk all about the Russia using uh, cluster munitions and how bad it is while at the same time showing pictures of Ukrainian minefields, which is also a violation of, of an agreement, right? Uh, everyone in the world agreed not to use landmines. I know it's the first agreement. Except, to us. Except, except, us. Except, except for us and except for the Russians, except for China, except for North and Korea, Korea. I mean, and South but, Korea, but I think actually too. Point being, we're going to talk about war crimes and how dangerous um, Russia yeah. is being to civilians. At the meantime, Ukraine is is laying minefields like it's, you know, like it's the best idea in the world. So well, and 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 to add on to that, let's let's just go back to the cluster munitions. I keep reminding people: Do you want to know two of the only countries who did not sign on to the cluster munitions treaty? Ukraine yeah. and Russia. And why does no one ever mention that Ukraine has also been launching them at Russian formations? It's just That's it's not cool, bro. Not cool. Ukraine can do whatever it wants. They're virtuous. Russia is not. Um, and, and I'm not I'm, I'm not arguing that Russia is in the right here, but I'm arguing that we need to be more balanced and more truthful, um, that there's plenty of bad to go around. Um, but oh, yeah. while we're talking about agreements signed and not signed, I'll point out to everyone in the chat, the United States of America did not ratify or sign the conventions on civil wars. Hey, real quick, uh, completely off the topic of, of Joe's Civil War uh, Treaty, um, I'd like to say that we got 101 likes, uh, and we're not even an hour in. So definitely, guys, thank you very much. Uh, clearly, you guys told your friends. 
to come on out for this. Hopefully, uh, Andrew's uh, chat is coming in in full force. Maybe the fact that he's not counter programming against us for for one morning. That's a you know maybe that's a. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he, he's got every right to to go at this time. He's got the same issues with uh, streaming from Korea that I have. So uh, totally get that. But uh, I would no. I want to thank the. Uh, uh, for chat for showing up and for making this, this channel successful in uh, giving us uh, opportunity to, to tell you guys um, to bring Ron's mustache to you live. Um, okay, so uh... <laughs> well, that's why we got 110. Shaz Shar told them they'd get feed picks. That's right. <laughs> oh Lord, this is so, so Joe. Joe, uh, were, were you were you telling essentially? I just want to sum up what you said before we get back. That that Ukraine is oh, a country in Europe. Oh, oh. Watcher, be quiet. <laughs> Any commie for five dollars. Joe's right. This is this is how you otherwise this this is how you otherwise folk. This is how you genocide. The genocides are born. Suffering should be minimized, even though it's war. So right. So I so the, I want to get to the point like. So I think we've got essentially two well-defined uh, situations here. You've got defenders and you've got people on the offense, right? So, Joe, if you're a defender of a city, like, like you're, you're the military governor because uh, martial law is declared and you're the military governor of, of, a, of a city and you've got – I Russian, like the sound of that. I like the sound I, of that. I know that. you would. I knew you would. I knew you would. You are the, you are the marine governor. Yarl. You know, Yarl. Yarl, yes, <laughs> you're the Yarl of a uh, of a of a city. What what is your responsibility, right? I mean, so yes, you've been told by your political leadership you will defend, uh, uh, you know, all our important cities. Okay, so you can't just give it up, right? You can't just you know withdraw. So what do you do? What's what's your move? <clears throat> I, I do it anyway. No, no, I'm sorry, no. but to me, my you, no, morals mean more to me than. No, let's no. I, this is a this is an exercise in what do you do? You you don't have the option to not defend the city. So you're going to defend the city. What do you? What can you do that would that would also satisfy your morals? Because your morals isn't about the buildings, right? Your your morals is about the the who. I I don't understand. So they're going to remove my free will. I have no, no, free will. This can, this is this is this is you a evacuate. This, this we're not talking about Joe Dolio. We're talking about a defender, right? A, a, a defender who has decided. Well, the first thing place... you need to do, you have an obligation as a defender to protect the civilians there. I'd evacuate the civilians. However, there I you could. go. There you go. So you you have a duty to minimize the the exposure of civilians to enemy mm -hmm. attack, right? Right. I okay. I'm, I'm going to play. I'm going to play. Area and... I want to play red team to Joe to Joe's thing. So, so I I'm the opposing commander. I've surrounded the city. Joe comes out to me in a flag of truce and says, "I want to evacuate the civilians to prevent needless casualties and suffering, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And I say, "No, I yeah. need you to surrender the whole city." So now, what do you do, Joe? I just continue to evacuate the civilians anyway. How are I've you going to evacuate? Through, how are you going to evacuate them through my lines? I'm going to protect them. I'll shorten my lines. I'll let them have the territory where the civilians live, and I'll defend the downtown area. There are options other than killing all of the civilians, you guys. Oh, I, so, I know that. I'm okay. Just, okay. I just, okay. We just so have to go through the, the, the exercise. Let the people die. 
So, nobody, so nobody you, wants you, that. you 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 have you've missed the point, right? The point is is that as a defender, you have a duty to the civilians in an area as a military uh, yep. commander. If they're in not going to let them out. I would surrender the city and let my government do whatever they want to me. To, to do what you to do what you can to minimize exposure of threat to the civilians. So your first thing is to get them out, right? I mean, yep. and and we saw that we saw the civilians leaving Kiev and a lot of these areas. Um, you know, mm -hmm. they put the rules in. You know, so men had to stay, but women and children had to get out of there. All right. So, but then at some point, then right, you know, Ron's kind of pickle comes in, right? So like Mariupol at one point was surrounded. And so the civilians that weren't able to get out are now trapped. So what can you then, as the defender, what can you do, right? So the answer, I think, then is, okay, so I have to designate areas where civilians are. And I have to do everything that I can to not get any military targets anywhere near those areas that are designated as civilians. And you have to make it known publicly, not just to the to the enemy. So you broadcast in the clear, hey, this building at this grid location is nothing but civilians. You can verify through your own, you know, UAVs that I have no tanks or emplacements around there. And you can't play sneaky boy and try to cheat that, right? You have to, if you're an ethical commander, you have to go, you know, you know, just be super strict and how you do that. You may even go so far as to, like you said, Joe, if you've got uh, if you've got a residential area, you basically pull all your forces out of that and you push all the civilians into that. Right. Um, and then that would quickly be, you know, now the idea is, is that you I have to that's what I said. Well, so that but my point, you is, know what I would call it as the opposing commander, what Joe just did. He's hiding behind human shields. I, I mean, I can play this both ways. Joe, well, right. I understand. Sure I'm, I, I, I'm sure I agree with you. I, I'm on your side. I'm just red teaming you. That's all. I'm yeah. just, I'm just, we're going through the mental exercise here. So please don't get mad at me. Please let me live. And and also what I, the one thing I would, I would add real let quick. You to, for, well, you're going to, you know, you could reach across the internet and hurt me, you know, shave my mustache. No, I'm not. You know, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, he, yeah he's, he's, but he's joking. Being ridiculous. Yes, we are. So all, all but jokes the, are ridiculous. Yes, they are. So um, this is why I don't have a day job. Um, the uh, but then Joe, what I would do in the in the I would I would promote you to field marshal, you know, just to make you fight harder. That's well, that's a, that's a terrible but, stall. But, but, but the the, the Joe, Joe's like <laughs> NCO at heart. Um, <laughs> you know the the other the other thing too is we have as commanders in a defensive position. You have to decide, hey, is my enemy ethical, right? You know, is my enemy going, you know, is he going to kill civilians or is he just going to shoot civilians that I happen to be near? You know, I mean, you know, you know, some like like, for instance, I would say America in a situation we have tried to avoid civilian, you know, like we have not hit the enemy, you know, when we had opportunities to win you know, civilians were around and we waited for later opportunities to hit the enemy when when there were there was no collateral damage. I mean, I know you guys have all been through a targeting cycle and you've seen, you know, the kind of it. Now, some places they did it you know, differently and some places they did it you know, very strictly. Um, but I've seen it where, you know, a, you know, a guy literally seems to always be near civilians and, and they wait to that one time when he's 50 meters away so they can put a hellfire on it on his truck or something like that. So, I mean, I, you know, so there's a lot of, that kind of goes into this and this calculus is not easy. Clearly the Russians are using mostly dumb weapons. They're not using a lot of precision guided weapons. So you have to take that into consideration. 
And, you know, it's, and, and, you know, and I think the dilemma is, and then Joe kind of, you know, you know, he kind of put his finger on the button with the dilemma is like, well, well, what do I do with these civilians? I, I don't want them to be hurt, but at the same time, you know, I have, you know, and we're not talking Joe here. We're talking the commander, you know, in, in question. He has decided he is going to follow his orders to defend a, a given position. So he has to do everything he can to, you know, for instance, if you have basements, right, that would be like bunkers or whatnot, you know, and you only have enough room for 100 people and you've got 100 civilians. Well, then maybe your guys don't get to be in the bunker, right? Maybe that's where the civilians go and your guys have to be in more exposed positions. And that's the ethical choice that you make uh, as a commander to protect the civilians over the lives of your own men. So, so I mean, may, may I make one comment? Go ahead. I just have one comment to make. Your Department of Defense and your military does not exist to preserve your own ego. It exists to protect your civilians, and they're not doing that here. That's all I, I'm going to say. I, I, I think I think you're. I, I think I think you're right, and I think that um, you know this is not a this is not a clean type of situation where you can make a where we can make blanket things. I mean, it's a it's a very messy situation. And Joe, I think you know one of the things that you identified is that you know every commander at some point is going to have to decide. Do I keep fighting or do I, you know, hey, they're telling me to continue. They have just promoted me to field marshal so that I'll continue to fight. Well, do I give it up anyway? Because I care more about my soldiers and the civilians here. And if we keep fighting, yeah, I might be able to kill another thousand of the bad guys. But ultimately, um, I'll get all my men killed and most of the civilians, too. And that's and, and, and that's where ethical commanders have to decide. Maybe it's time to wave the right the white flag. Well, and and, and I, I I feel obligated to at least bring it up since we've only talked about what the ethical commanders are doing. I I feel obligated to at least bring up not all commanders are ethical, and let's discuss right. some of the reasons that an unethical commander might decide that he's going to keep civilians in the dark, treat them like bullshit, keep them in the dark, and and feed them bullshit. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> the, uh, they have been trying to court as much international support as they possibly can from every corner of everywhere. And let's let, let me throw another complicating factor into here. A lot of the high level leaders of Azov are not ethnically Ukrainian. They're not even originally Ukrainian citizens. Some of them are Russian expats. Um, two of them says, says Ron. No, no, I, I have two oh. points to make when you're done. Sorry. Oh, okay. Or peace um, out, whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a, there, there's a, there are just a, there's a whole bunch of complicating factors here, and and we 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 can't assume that they're acting like moral and that there's just impediments to it. There could also be nefarious reasons. Yeah. Right. No, I I, th I think you're right. And real quick, Ron, before you make your two points, Shar, welcome. You're you're our newest member. Thank you for joining the team. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, all right, go ahead, Ron. Well, one point, and and uh, <clears throat> Watcher alluded to that is maybe the commander in this case, Maripol, doesn't doesn't have a complete control of all the uh, forces defending the city. You know, we've we've talked about the Azovs, and and they be they may be rogue. So that that's a discipline problem there. You know, so he could, you know, you know, the commander could want to th surrender the city, but the Azov 
guys will not surrender. So it, it gets real confusing. So maybe he doesn't have a choice but to stay in the fight to do what he can to minimize the Azov's um, atrocities and, and things like that. The second yeah, point is, and I, I think is is I think and it's it's a little it's it, we've been really unfair to Joe <clears throat> and uh, cuz we're 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 applying a western morality a a judeo-christian morality overlay onto onto the situation here <clears throat> when we have no idea what the the russian and or the ukrainian commanders what what their what their education was what their what their moral upbringing was i mean they they could be absolute monsters or weak-willed or you know who knows who they are but you know we um, you know, we have to be very careful about applying our moralities to another culture in this case ukraine and, and russia i mean the same thing we we could see the same thing in a korean uh, war situation uh chinese you know they they value human life differently they they look at it differently they're and in their mind's eye they they feel fully justified so i'm just so when we ask joe the hypothetical here it's 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 very unfair because joe yeah, you know, is is all his training and everything like he's still gonna his 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 strong moral code is still gonna come out, and so yeah. you know, not no, that Joe it, needed my defending, but I just wanted to point that out that it was an unfair exercise for for all of us in this. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. Joe, I think the I think the point that you made ultimately that is the correct point, and uh, and I think all of us agree with is that when you're in a position like this, you don't defend the city, you 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 open it up and you pull back. Um, because you can't get the civilians out. Kind of, kind of going on what Ron just said. Um, I'm kind of mindful that, uh, as an example, uh, Xi of China has not denounced uh, Russia's entire action here. Just kind of a parallel. I mean, that from their point of view, blah blah blah. Um, you know, they're not going to go down that road of denouncing Russia's actions um and right now we have the uh uh you know overhead view of uh you know this entire war and 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 we're kind of looking through our our training um eyes of 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 the values that have been imposed or we impose uh as americans uh to date you know we're not involved so it's it's an interesting discussion. It's not really relevant um, to us because we're not involved. Uh, and this is kind of you know this this uh, duality of morality is is going to go back and forth, and there's going to be fingers pointed at both sides of Ukraine did this and Russia did that. And, you know, it's going to be a while before that gets even remotely sorted out. Uh, But this really is, this is kind of a point of view, uh, you know, navel gazing exercise um, for us. Um, You know, but the reality is this, this is how harsh real war is. Uh, we're, We're spectators at this point. Uh, if we do get involved, and, and you know, I, I really hope we don't, um, then we can apply, you know, our uh, lessons, you know, when, when in our conduct 
but uh, we, we, we probably can't apply uh, our morality against these two uh, countries, you know. We can, so, but it's, it's kind of a waste yeah. of time, that's all. I mean, one of the great exercises in the Q course is um, during SAGE, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, is the uh, – is when uh, the uh, the ODA is confronted with the guerrilla force uh, committing or about to commit atrocities against, you know, the UCMJ, the law of land warfare, the moral code of each member of the of the training ODA, and how does the uh, how does the ODA commander and, and the team uh, mitigate that or or dissuade the uh, the guerrilla force um, that from uh, from conducting that thing? It's it's always been an interesting uh, exercise in. Um, Watching, watching the wheels turn, and how do you, how do you, uh, how do you do that? And that would be, I think, our our soldiers. God forbid they get involved in this thing, they they would be confronted with the same moral dilemma, and, and they're not all going to be highly trained SF guys. <clears throat> they're going to be just generic, you know, eleven Bravo paratroopers, or you know, or 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 armor guys, something like that. They're going to, and they're going to see some stuff because this is not going to be. GWAT, this is going to be, you know, near peer conflict on steroids and it's going right. to be ugly. Right. So, but again, that that's, that's our involvement, our soldiers, whether they're working with a proxy force or not, you know, are, it, it, it is our duty to, to inform them. This is not right. You know, could, you know, we are involved. Um, and when you, uh, you know, we're supporting an insurgency, whatever, you cannot abide by the rules that are proper. We'll get the fuck out. Is is the way it should happen? You know, if we have a, a partner or an insurgent force that they can't, you know, follow the rules that we, I won't say impose, but we can then opt out and say, sorry, you're on your own. So, uh, you know, I'd just like to, speaking of insurgencies, um, I'd just like to <laughs> point out uh, GB in the chat. Hey, this show should be called Cucks for Putin. Hey, first of all, GB, why don't you get your your your, your Jack Murphy beard out of your, uh, and why don't you put that on first before you say that? You know, the <laughs> one that goes behind your ears so that you can yeah. show everybody that you're the cuck. If you, no, no, can't look at, if you can't look at both sides of this and criticize them both, because the Russians ain't doing anything right, and they sure as hell aren't ethical. I mean, so we don't even have to condemn them because we condemn them on on the regular. I mean, clearly you you don't you don't watch our show very much. Yeah, so what I'm we do is we bring we bring all sides to this fight. We look at this from both sides. We bring in you know our ethics. We try to figure out exactly who's doing right, what's right, and what's wrong. We call a spade a spade. When the Russians do something right, we show it. We don't say they're good. We just show that what they're doing. You know, when the Ukrainians do something wrong, we don't say, well, the Ukrainians are all bad. You know, if you think that Zelensky is out there telling the truth and doing everything for the moral good, you, I got a bridge to sell you, buddy, because. He you're, you're just for you're you drinking too much of the, you, you're drinking way too much of the Kool-Aid. And so I don't normally kind of call out people in the chat, but um, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, buddy. Um, so you you I, dropped this GB. I, I, I think, um, I think you've, you've said it eloquently in, in the past before that, uh, you know, the people who are out there, uh, you know, kind of wearing the morality, wearing the Ukrainian flag, you know, 
plastering that all over the place. Hey, I, I said it from day one. I, I'm on the side of the Ukrainian people. I'm not on the side of the fat cats on both sides. That means Vladimir Putin and Zelensky. Those guys are, are, are going to make out like bandits no matter what happens. It's the people on the ground inside Ukraine, because guess what? The Ukrainians aren't attacking Russia, right? You Russians are attacking Ukraine. So, so if you don't, if you can't get that through your skull, dude, you know, I mean, I, I appreciate your time in our chat, hit the like button on your way out. You know, hope, hopefully, hopefully we uh, we see you down the line. Uh, I just want to say, both in transition and content, uh, that was a pro gamer move. But also, <laughs> GP, I got I got something for you on your way out. Eat shit, nerd. I support current things. Hey, 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 GB, send money, not hate. That's right. <clears throat> I, I I think in another chat, it was brought up. Um, you know, to make this just a little more murky than it was, you know, 30 some odd days ago, uh, it was brought up in another chat, uh, you know, prior to this, Zelensky uh, was crying about losing uh, revenues uh, because of no gas transit across his sovereign nation from 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 Russia. I mean, so that was a you know real big point when 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 Russia turned off uh, the gas going through the pipelines transiting um, Ukraine. That was you know that was a big thing, and now I think I'm reading that he is basically saying something about you know we need to be a green, you know you know turn this into a green energy you know you know the EU needs to be be less. Uh, uh, dependent on on you know carbon right energy blah blah, blah. so you know you thought this was confusing before you know now it's just gotten about you know 20 times worse you know what the hell is this all about so you know, just throw that out there <laughs> so you know we, we we talked about the like you know what the what the defender right should uh should be doing when they you know i think you know from our point of view ultimately you don't defend a position that you can't you know you can't hold fully right and you can't fully hold a position full of civilians so you have to leave the civilians where they are and, and go somewhere else um okay so let's put the other hat on right the the attacker hat right and so you know, what what are the obligations of an attacker? Does the attacker have any obligations to, you know, protect civilian, uh, you know, lives? It, you know, and we're talking generically. We're not talking this specific scenario. Oh, hold on a second. Manny, Manny Lamont for 10. A great discussion. I learned a lot from you guys. I appreciate it. No, we appreciate you, brother. Uh, if you guys weren't here, we would probably just we probably would have done this two or three times. And then we probably would have gone back to Twitter and raged against the machine on Twitter. So thank you guys for turning up. Uh, you know, it definitely, uh, you know, it reminds us that there are people out there that, that, you know, just don't have the experience that we put together on this panel. So uh, you, you guys also get an opportunity to, to learn from uh, these, these uh, fine Americans that we have here. And there will um, be a test later. That's right. Uh, so go, getting back to what's, what are the obligations of the, of the attacker, right? Does do, is there a moral obligation? Is there an ethical obligation to the, you know, there's, 
you know, you've got what's right, kind of like what Joe was focusing on, you know, morality. But then you also have just the kind of basic laws of land warfare. So what are what you know, what, you know, I've opened up to the panel. What are some of the things that are obligations um, to any attacker? Um, you know, I mean, clearly we're, 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 like I said, this is a generic kind of template, not necessarily specific in this situation. It's still an unfair question because, you know, are we, are we talking as the, the responsibilities and roles of, a, of an attacker with our doctrine, Russian doctrine, Chinese doctrine, because they're all different. Well, I mean, you know, the we're, we're talking, like I said, limit civilian defenses. I mean, right. uh, limit civilian damage and limit casualties, civilian right. casualties. So. That's it. Right. And, you know, and so so like a like a great example is a hospital. Right. You know, you can't attack a hospital if it's being used as a hospital. But as soon as um, the bad guys put a, you know, an artillery piece in the loading dock and, you know, you've got uh, dudes, you know, fortifying every all the windows on the, you know, and, and it becomes a fortified position with an infantry company inside of it, then you, it kind of stops being a protected site. And it starts becoming a battle position, right? Oh, well, we or, still have specifically the most common thing if they toss a Stugna P on the roof. Yeah, well, well right. I, I mean, I can give you examples in Iraq. So, so we're we're going after a, a target, and um, we, and he knows he's he's being hunted, and um, him him and his uh, his his bad guys, his gang, and um, well, they run into a mosque. Well. We can't do anything about it because they're in a they're in a protected site. But from from that site, they launched from that mosque. They launched numerous attacks and uh, wounded uh, American servicemen. So, you know, then, it, you know, you, you sit there. Hey, look, we, we, we need to at least, you know, break into the mosque and, and take them out. We'll try to minimize damage. The commanders had no appetite for that. So, you know, we we just did a, a wider cordon and fi finally they came out after a few days and uh, then we grabbed them. But it, you know, I've seen the same thing in Iraq, um, guys uh, driving ambulances um, and they pull up to the hospital, the, the ER or what I guess is the ER. And uh, they're unloading RPGs and AKs and, and boxes of ammo. Um, I mean, that's all the ambulance was carrying. So um you know, what do we do? You know, uh, how do how do how do you confront an enemy that that uses your morality against you to advance their cause? Yeah. yeah. Let's see. You're not supposed to kill civilians loading water into the backs of their cars either. And yet here we are. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, spot on dietic. I mean, you know, it, it's just one of those kind of things where, you know, you're not supposed to do that stuff, but you know, there's a there's a kind of a famous incident from Iraq, right? The one where the Apache uh, pilots, you know, were observing, you know, fighters, and and there was a news crew in there, and the news crew van, you know, pulls up and starts, you know, putting fighters and, and wounded and and non wounded fighters in their van, and they target the van, um, and you know, because it's it's not an ambulance or anything like that. It, you know, the the cameraman is pointing his camera at the Apache. It looks like it could be an RPG or something like that. I mean, you know, these are all the kind of these these you know questions can get murky from time to time. But sometimes it's clear as day, right? And when it's clear as day, you don't you know just kind of say, well, they were just in a a hostile fire zone, so we just lit them up. 
you know, they had the whole idea of what free fire zones in Vietnam and some of these places. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff that you got to you know watch out for. I, I just want to bring this up because I found this while we were talking. Apparently, this is speaking of what the attacker might feel obligated to do. This is apparently a Russian uh, uh, DPR soldier sacrificing himself to save two Ukrainian women. So there's that. Yeah, you know, I mean, so you the you know, as you know, most of these soldiers that are out there are not bad people, you know, they might be misguided and completely under the spell of uh of, of propaganda and whatnot, but when it comes to the individual you know, fighters. I mean, these are the kind of people in different situations you could sit down and have a beer with as long as you had a translator. Right. Um, you know, they're you know, they talk about, you know, years later, U.S. Um, you know, vets sitting down with uh, Jap- their Japanese counterparts and having great conversations. Same thing in Vietnam, you know, uh, down, you know, 20 years, 25 years later, you know, and 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 having many of the same kind of con- concerns and, and whatnot. So, I mean, these are, you know, these are complex relationships um, that you have on the battlefield uh, and, and you find yourself doing things that you that I think sometimes surprise you. Um, anti-commie for two dollars. Man, we leveled mosques in Iraq. I never saw any mosque get leveled. I saw a mosque kind of I, where like what Ron was saying, where if somebody went into a, a mosque, um, you know, they would essentially wait the guy out and ultimately the locals would. You know, generally speaking, I think uh, every time I saw that they gave up without a fight uh, because they realized it's better to be captured. And, you know, but these were regular insurgents and not like guys with S vests and things like that. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. If I see. Hunch makes a pretty good point in there that. Um, yeah, I just saw your thing. Is that, um, yeah, that one right there. Go ahead. Um, okay, I'll, I'll read this one out. The Schlick that the West is that for 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 thus generations of Americans is for the first time something looks like home is getting effed up. Iraq, yeah, F spot on. Um, I you know we said earlier in the in the in the war, Joe. I think it was I can't remember if it was you or it was me that made the point, but I know it was a conversation we were having where all of a sudden when the uh, wound when the civilians and the refugees start looking like. Uh, Americans, you know, white people, all of a sudden the uh, all these uh, identity politics people on the uh, left in America start getting, you know, oh, my stars and garters. We got to help these people. And, w- and when you see a, a, a Starbucks getting bombed or a McDonald's and. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I. I yeah, no, spot on. And, and, and it's it, the other thing just too. it's geography, right? If it's far away, it's it's not a problem. I mean, how many people you know, were, uh, you know, pulling their hair out over Rwanda when that was happening. And that was, I, I'll be honest with you, I I think that sounds as way more horrible than what, uh, you know, I think, I think I have yet to see any civilians be targeted by either side. I have seen civilians get caught in the crossfire and that's horrible, you know, like I said from the beginning, but I haven't seen anything that looks like genocide or or any kind of language that's genocidal. Uh, coming out of this, um, it, well, except for some of the things I think Azov ha- had been caught saying. Uh, but other than that, you know, for the most part, it seems to be two 
two militaries with military objectives that you know are are doing the jobs they were assigned to do. Now you can argue that they're they may not be doing them well, um, and because well, they I suck, have a question though. I have a question though on that point. Has that doctor that gave the TV interview been arrested yet? Oh, you're talking about the uh, the the castrating. Yeah, yeah, it's that's that's the but see that's just it. You're not going to see anybody in the Western media call him out because he is for Ukraine. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying in response to GB. You know, we are not cucks for for Putin. We are here to to call balls and strikes. And if you can't, we're also be not going to be cucks for Zelensky. That's right. We're not going to be cucks for either one of them. We're just Americans that that honestly, I don't feel like we have a dog in the fight. You guys know my opinion. I think Europe's a, a museum. It's the museum of the world, and and it's not of of strategic interest to the United States. If you know, if Russia took over Ukraine in forty eight hours, like their initial plan was, it ultimately really wouldn't have made much of a difference to the United States at all. Um, it the only the only problem would be is that uh, a lot of our uh, higher ups, you know, our our political elites would lose their pay pig, the the goose that laid the golden egg, as we talked about yesterday. I think with, uh, yeah, I think that was yesterday we talked about that. So anyway, all right, I, I that was the kind of the point I wanted to make with this whole idea of, uh, you know, war is messy as hell, and we're seeing it's messy. This is the first real war uh, anybody has seen. You know, essentially, when, what do I mean real war? It's not to, to denigrate what we did in, you know, in the last 30, 40 years. What I'm saying, this is the first high intensity warfare that we've seen since what? Uh, Way City, you know, the v Vietnam, right? I mean, you know, Vietnam was unit on unit, large, you know, large scale encounters. Well, I don't think Nasseria was much of a cakewalk or Fallujah. Well, those were, but those were like what? Battles though, right? Well, yeah, Those the whole war. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not denigrating anybody. You know, I, 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 I lived right next door to Fallujah. You know, we were we weren't in Fallujah, but we were supporting that entire fight. All those one five five rounds that landed in Fallujah came from, uh, you know, right over uh, where where I was sleeping. So, um, so. But you know, that, that's that's the point that I want to make, and I and I made it on Twitter before. Is that everyone wants to complain about? Russia's declaration that if you remain in the city after we, we we allowed you to evacuate, we declare you a combatant. General Mattis said the exact same words prior right. to Fallujah one. And it was so, OK for him, but it's not OK in this situation. I mean, you know, the other thing, too, is that this is the first, I think, real high intensity war war that we've seen uh, since World War Two, really. All right. It's, I know I take it back. Korea War, I, I would say. Probably right. I mean, what do you guys think? No, I agree. I'd say Vietnam was pretty high intensity. Well, no, but, but that's not true, though. I mean, the average person there, um, yeah, there was a lot of, of combat, but it was all small unit action. We're talking about true. large set piece battles yeah. like we're seeing here. Yeah, no, no. So I think I think well, there, are, there have been plenty of high intensity battles, but there hasn't been a high intensity war since Korea, I think. And I'm I'm open to being wrong on that. I'm just I just in my memory I can't I can't think of one. It, anyway, it's, it's it's kind of a matter of scale when when you look at the Armenia, uh, Azerbaijan. Uh, that's conflict, another one too. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I would say, and uh, that may not be true. This is, you know, quote the first 
highly publicized. Publicized. That's that's probably a better way to put it. You know, that's the the one that's really risen to the. I mean, come on, guys. How many wars are there every year? You know that most people don't. Angola, yeah, Angola was pretty messy. We were just talking about that yesterday, I think, uh, Joe. Rhodesia, yeah. So Rhodesia was still a lot of like what Joe was saying, small unit tactics, and you know there was a it was the Falklands. Bush War, right? Falklands was pretty high intensity, but that was how was long did the units. Falklands last? That was two weeks. Yeah, and it was all small units and a lot of alpine fighting, so you can't really get large units. Anyway, the point is, is that this is the first time we've seen modern tanks and uh, and and all the uh, kind of pieces of modern warfare all used together uh, on the same battlefield and in this, you know, across the entire uh, war. So this is a unique situation here, and I think it's scaring the crap out of a lot of people in the West, um, especially when. Um, Especially when, you know, they're talking about nuclear weapons and WMDs and biolabs and all these kind of scary things that, you know, previously had, you know, oh, we, we would never have that. Right. So those, these are all very interesting things that make this fight a little different than anything we've seen. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who are just kind of uh, emotionally responding uh, to what they see. This is a this this meme is an oldie but a goodie. Evergreen. <laughs> I just wanted to say while we were discussing that, I also found this that's apparently a statement uh, from the deputy minister of defense saying they can capture only rocks, but not Mariupol. Well, there you there you go. There's your 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 person who's going to promote you so that you'll keep fighting. So you can fight I over a pile of rocks. All right, so um, let's uh, let's let's pivot here. Um, so you know, we, we there's there's been there's you know we we keep hearing of you know like the Hawaii there's peace talks going on and and we're going to get some de-escalation and you know the Russians say trust us we're just pulling back um from around Kiev in that area um I want to poll the panel are we seeing any kind of de-escalation in the rhetoric I'll start at the bottom uh Ron what do you think any are, are we looking at any kind of uh you know current you know de-escalation at this point ron must have gone away from the mic uh mike you there yeah um there I, I i know it's it, it's it's i know it's a great claim uh I, I, yeah i i have seen reporting you know uh suggesting that that there certainly is not that much of a ceasefire going on there there still are uh uh, you know, lots of lots of guns blazing. So uh, I, I find it interesting that, you know, these negotiations are being uh, hosted by Erdogan. That's kind of the thing that interests me. Uh, and, and my point uh, really is, um, you know, our administration lays claim to, you know, where the world leader such and such of all these negotiations everywhere, you know, but it, but it's Russia that's negotiating uh, the Iranian um, nuke thing. And, and now it's, now it's Erdogan 
uh, negotiating some kind of peace settlement here between Ukraine and and uh, and Russia. It, I find that kind of interesting. But yeah, people are talking about ceasefire and, and de-escalation. I I think there's plenty of evidence to suggest that that's crap. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about it the other day, um, Joe. I'll pull you into this one. Um, you know, we were we were saying the other day that like um, that this is exactly the kind of posturing that you want to do before you do something, you know, potentially offensive. Um, and I don't mean offensive as in to hurt somebody's feelings. I mean, like, go on the offense. Um, the, the last thing I did want to, I just thought. Um, uh, this is consistent with pretty much every war you've ever seen in the last hundred years or whatever. Yeah, but there's always these, you know, Paris peace talks, yada, 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 you know, sounds really great. You get a bunch of guys in suits in Paris or whatever. Um, and, and, and the reality is apparently some people in, in Ukraine ha haven't gotten the word uh, for some reason, and, and they're still pressing on with, with their um, war. So, you know, uh, th these, these, uh, um, you know, these negotiations are just the beginning, you know, it's, it's just one of these things, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, Joe, let's, let's, let's go through the list. So dirty bomb ingredients go missing in Chernobyl monitoring lab. So who, Who's who's this a good story for? Is this a good story for Russia or a good story for Ukraine? Or is it? It's one of those fear mongering stories, though. Uh, first of all, I don't see de-escalation happening anywhere. I see escalation happening everywhere. But this is one of those stories where factually it's 100 percent accurate. But did Russia secure them and take them to a more secure location rather than leaving them in a combat zone? Right. Don't know. Or did somebody take them to make a dirty bomb? Don't know. Um, there's not enough info right now to know uh, what it is, but it sure does make a good headline and get you lots of clicks. Um, and and what will probably happen if you read the whole story is somewhere down around the bottom, they'll say, uh, by the way, the Russians state that they removed these for security purposes to get them out of the war zone. It'll be buried in the bottom of the story because nobody anymore reads past the third paragraph. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think you're I think you're right about the Joe. I mean, who so who would who could actually so Russia, I here's you know, you were making a great point the other day. Um, the Russians don't need to use this material uh in and around. Yeah. You know, they've got their own and that and their and their material is just the same material that was put into this one because they're the ones that built the, the Chernobyl in the first place. So, you know, they don't need the kind of pirate material. Um, but, you know, the Ukrainians, if they if you know, so you, the Russians do false flags, we get that that's in their bag of tricks. I mean, they're you know, they're the bad guy. Right. I mean, and they're yeah. playing the bad guy. But, you know, is is it is it possible that a false flag might be in Zelensky's bag of tricks? You know, maybe maybe it's not a false flag. You know, they've got their own ballistic missiles. I mean, if Russia were to do something, say, like use uh, chemical weapons or something along those lines, and we we've established that they'll do that. They did it in Syria. Um, well, you know, how can how can Zelensky respond? Maybe a dirty bomb on like Rostov on Don or something like that would be well, a, the whole a point of this is, is silly anyway, as if there was a bag in there labeled dirty bomb ingredients. Do not touch. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I can get the ingredients for a dirty bomb in a hospital. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. And, oh, and an MRI machine, wh whatever I need, I can find dirty bomb ingredients 
this is just more of that look over here something really bad is going to happen um, well and we let's let's talk freaked out on that let's talk the practicalities of what joe just said if they did it the way that he just suggested it would not be very easily traceable at all if they at were all. to use something from chernobyl it would absolutely be traceable directly to chernobyl that has that's, been decaying for a very right. specific amount of time Right, right. No, spot on. But that being said, I, what I'm kind of getting at is the fact that if 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 the Ukrainians did collect that material before they gave up Chernobyl, or maybe they did it before the war started, they may not be trying to use it as a false flag. They may be using, hey, we don't have a nuke. We don't have chemicals. You know, and even these dumb bio labs don't give us anything. Well, what could we use? Well, they could use you know, in, enriched uranium from Chernobyl as a as a kind of a radiological weapon uh, against, you know, to have kind of in their back pocket if Russia were to do something stupid. I mean, well, and if I was, 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 was going to guess what's in this theoretical bag, it would be shavings from the um, corium that's still in the basement. Hey, does that does that article say when, you know, does it does it does it suggest and i agree with tulico 16 clickbait this is just one of those oh wonderful uh juicy articles that's going to get a lot of attention mm -hmm. and, and, and that's why i'm asking you when you know did the theft occur while it was under ukrainian control you know for anyone that's thinking false flag type scenarios did the theft occur you know, when the Russians, you know, took over this facility, yada, yada, yada. On the, uh, on the 14th. Yeah. 14th of... Uh, uh, well, no, actually, no. It says, in the chaos of the Russian advance, okay. looters raided a radiation uh, monitoring lab. So it would have been as... It would have been in the middle of the handoff between the two. I, you know, you know, attribution is, is great. You know, I mean, but, conceivably, but this, this could be a terrorist group that went in, in, you know, while there was all this chaos, you know, and stole this stuff. Or and, criminal. You know. Yeah, like could be yeah. like, you know, the mob or somebody like that thinks it's just an opportunity to get something they normally wouldn't have an opportunity to get there. And, and, and or, or like those who, guys who, the day before who the reported war. this? This is according yeah. to who? The Russians made a press release saying, oh, yeah. You know, since we uh, secured this facility, oops, you know, we're, we're missing some stuff. Yeah, I'm in, I'm inclined to say that whoever whoever announces it is the one that potentially would benefit from it later. So you just got to kind of figure that that piece because this is all information war. It all of it is. It, so exactly. that would be, I think it's exactly that would be right. Nosovsky, the director for the Institute of Safety Problems of Nuclear Power Plants in Kiev. Oh, so right. this is the Ukrainians. Uh, yeah, he's a Ukrainian, this. I take it. Um, yeah, yeah, that'd be Ukrainian. Um, There's another point I wanted to bring up on this. Yeah, Just just add it to the list of, you know, <laughs> a, a thousand things that are just going to fuck with people's heads about this entire, entire thing. You know, it, it, it gets worse every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right on. Um, so, but let's, well, let's, once again, let's op open our aperture. Where are we, uh, where else are we not seeing, like, you know, it's not just Russia and Ukraine that aren't, you know, doing much to deescalate. I mean, let's look at Europe. I mean, you know, 
Europe's not really doing a whole lot to de-escalate, are they? Well, I mean, at least Macron is walking back Biden's statements. Well, we did just land an entire squadron of uh, fighters Drought. in Lithuania yeah. for no apparent reason. And what, uh, like a 200 Marines with them or something like that? Yeah, but here's the thing. Everyone goes, fighters plus 200 Marines. And I've seen all kinds of speculation. That's the ground maintenance crews. It's not. So those are Marine fighters? I thought they were, I, I thought they were Navy. Yeah, it's Marine fighters. Okay. And, yeah, and yeah, the 200 Marines are, are nothing more than the, the aircraft maintainers, right? But that's it sounds be, cooler to say 200 Marines. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be box kickers and a couple of guys that are eye level. That's about it. Yeah. Well, so. Um, so did you guys see the uh, when POTUS did the uh, did the press briefing the other day when they talked about Macron? It, it, one of the two prepared questions on his card was, you know, about the Macron criticizing his uh, inflammatory comments towards, uh, you know, for regime change or whatever. And the response on the card was NATO has never been more unified or NATO has never been more united than it is today. I mean, what do you guys think of that? I mean, they don't look I mean. In, in whose definition can NATO that, that's, be laughable? That, that yeah, laughable. That is to me, in my opinion, that is purely posturing for the middle elections and you know coming up. Uh, that's just political posturing so that we can say we have united the world. You know, uh, so I, I, yeah, right there, number two. No, NATO has never been more united. Yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, I said it early on, one of Putin's unstated objectives is to is to fracture um is to fracture NATO. I mean, you know, that and, and I I'd love to check <clears throat> I'd love to give that one to Joe Stradamus, but uh <clears throat> I think that's one that we kind of almost collectively made uh, as as a call going, you know, before this thing even started. Yeah, that one's not hard. I mean, we were already semi semi fractured before the fighting even started. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then you know, within a week, it you know the the it the bickering was about MIGs and all this, you know, crazy stuff. So, you know, it's like. Ugh. The, you know the you know the 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 Baltic nations and and you know Poland I mean those guys are going one way and Macron and and you know Germany is going another UK's got its own kind of thing that they're doing and you know Fidelito wants to get in on the action but of course um, you know everybody gets you know <laughs> where, where where was it that uh, that uh, uh, that he got uh, chewed out by by germany and that was oh, at the nato was at the nato conference yeah yeah let me find that that was pretty that was that's what i call unified i was just gonna multiple, say maybe maybe, maybe he's unified maybe yeah he's, yeah it was more more than one maybe he's unified nato in the same way he's unified america he's finally unified us against him Today, let's see. So this is this guy's talking my language. Today may be the day for nukes. We have some CME solar flare hitting Earth today. Uh oh. So, uh, you, you know, we just can't. Uh, we just can't win for losing. Um, yeah, you know, the the world is very fragile, and NATO is not going to be there to. 
you know, unless somebody, you know, you know, drops a nuke on Paris or something like that, um, we're just not going to be, you know, that unified. It has to be a unanimous, you know, it, you know, Article 5 doesn't trigger an uh, automatic military response. Article 5 triggers like a, basically an opportunity for NATO to talk about it. Let's talk about this for a second. Uh, and it has to be unanimous. Am I right, guys? I mean, Joe, I know you were kind of our expert on, on the no, NATO No, it articles. doesn't have to be unanimous. Article 5 says that anyone may respond. doesn't mean that mm -hmm. they have to. So it, it doesn't. To take an offensive action would require a unanimous vote, but to defend another country mm -hmm. is everyone's individual choice. But But it all has to be taken to the Security Council, too. So... Oh, that's right. It has to yeah, it goes to there, and then it goes to the the, the UN Security Council. Um, so, who is this? I I forgot who this is. Uh, so this is this gentleman this is here, a member of European Parliament. Yeah. Uh, okay. Former judge, non-affiliated activist for the rule of law and fighter against corruption. He's uh, from Croatia. Croatia. Yeah. Okay, I got that. I got the checkered. Borstonic. Go for it. Push play. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off, Scott. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. You're, you're, I was just talking about. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought I had grabbed the one that had the talking translation. Wanna... Apparently not. Let me see if I can get that one real quick. Should well, be you right can just this. let this guy go. He, he, we don't have to listen to him if we can read it. But uh, you know, I mean, I, I I really enjoyed, especially the German female. I think she had some. Some scunion that yeah, she laid she down. Yeah, she spoke in English, him. and she was she was pretty legit. Let's see if it's this one. Article one hundred ninety-five. Yep, that's her. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Based on Article one hundred ninety-five out that it would have been more appropriate for Mr. Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, to address this House according to Article 144, an article which was specifically designed to debate violations of human rights, democracy, and the rule of law, which is clearly the case with Mr. Trudeau. Then again, a prime minister who openly admires the Chinese basic dictatorship who tramples on fundamental rights by persecuting and criminalizing his own citizens as terrorists just because they dared to stand up to his perverted concept of democracy should not be allowed to speak in this house at all. Mr. Trudeau, you are a disgrace for any democracy. Please spare us your presence. Thank you. Based on that's that uh, awesome girl boss. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's 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 some unification right there. I agree with exactly one hundred percent of what she had to say. <laughs> some kind of traditional German garb, I'm sure, Sam. Yeah, and and, and Sam Walters wants to know what she's wearing. Um, come on, man, this isn't the Oscars. You're gonna get the ship smacked out of you if you keep talking. Well, about I mean, that kind of stuff. I you know what? I'd take Will smacking the shit out of Trudeau. Anyone else? Like I was just that... gonna say, please don't bring up the Oscars because here come the memes. <laughs> well, you know, it's a uh, it's a battle the battle of the Murphy beards, right? You know, it's like you know you've got uh, Trudeau. He's a he's a big you know, old cuck. I do have one that unifies this whole thing. Have you guys seen my Venn diagram? <laughs> I, I saw this late last night. Yes, very nice. <laughs> 
Well, I'm sure Ron wouldn't approve. So good thing he's uh, he's otherwise. Uh, uh... By the way, if uh, if if you if you guys are not in our Gilded server, please uh, you know uh, please join it. Uh, we've we've we're having a lot of fun over there. Uh, definitely a, a place where we can be a little more uh, hair let down kind of conversations and whatnot off of the po- you know public social media. Um, definitely some memes in there that are uh, funny as hell. So uh, give it a look. Uh, Watcher has posted the uh, link in the chat, uh, right? Yeah. And so any of you guys can uh, join uh, over there. Um, you, you know, we've got a pretty active group of folks. We got about 60 or 70 now in there. So uh, definitely sure. give it a look. And we, we have a little more than normal. Uh, <gasps> wait, wait, wait. Scott, we have exactly. 68 members you know what you have to do chat 69 dude um so we've got 100 we we, well we had 111 now we have 110 but we have 110 people in here that's a pretty good number for a uh for a wednesday night for us or well wednesday night for me wednesday morning for you guys um so if you are not if you haven't subscribed to the channel please do uh, and also hit the like button. Let's see, where are we at on likes? We we crossed 100 a while back. So we're on 137. Holy cow, Ooh. guys. That's uh, You guys are rocking it. Um, so uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do. Uh, definitely, that's the best way. Hit the bell for notifications. That'll make sure that you get uh, notified anytime we go live. Um, you know, we've got... Uh, We've got more we can talk about, but I'd kind of like to to real quick hit up the uh, the big announcement that we dropped at the beginning of the uh, show. Um, Watcher, you want to kind of uh, on it, you know, walk the folks through, uh, who, you know, what our Friday show? Absolutely. Um, so is actually let me grab his profile. Um, or uh, is everyone aware of Lord Miles Rutledge, the uh, the intrepid? Uh, I don't know if we're going to call him a journalist. I don't think he'd appreciate that. But uh, the intrepid young British lad who has been exploring so many conflict zones to try and give us a a glimpse of the truth through entirely un, uh, unbiased eyes, right? Um, I reached out to him, took a shot in the dark this morning because he and his driver were kind of talking between each other and said that we would absolutely love to have them on. Uh, and they immediately agreed and booked to come on Friday. So on Friday for the first hour of the show, I know that you guys kind of generally show up late. So just remember Friday, you're going to want to be on time, uh, maybe a little bit early. Uh, but Miles is going to be there. And so is Miles's really awesome driver, Roman, who I've been getting to chat with in the uh, in in Twitter. It's you guys really seriously need to be here. It's going to be amazing. They're going to take the first half hour and tell the story of what they've seen on the ground while they've been there. And then they are going to take the second half hour to answer your questions. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Lord Miles of Kabul. That's where I actually. So at first, when Watcher brought him to my attention, I didn't I didn't recognize him. But then once I heard about the Afghan thing, it started to, you you know, and then. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, this is the guy who sh- who changed his name to Lord Miles so that if the Taliban would like try to kidnap him or something like that, because uh, because they think he's a British lord. Um, so that's I thought that was kind of a, a, an interesting uh, troll that he did there. And I, I hate to say it, um, 
you know, while I'm not a huge fan of war tourists, um, I am of, you know, he is, if, if somebody's going to do it, you got to, you should do it for the right reasons. Um, you know, Ron and Joe, I'm sure you guys remember the, uh, the tourists, the, uh, the hikers that went hiking, you know, in the Hindu Kush or, or they went hiking, you know, in Iraq. And that then was they got of, uh, Darwinism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he does it pretty carefully. <laughs> I, I just I just want to add that Watcher was too shy to say it, but uh, if you're going to ask questions on Friday, you you need to you need to drop some money, otherwise your your questions fall to the bottom, and then if, if time runs out, oops. So yeah, you got that, that. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Uh, I'm all about the griff, but it, I'll be honest with you guys. Um, you know the the chat will probably uh, run through uh, there. You guys just are every, full of shit. Yeah, I was just going to say no. I mean. <laughs> Oh, you mean I, about Lord Miles? I mean, hold on, let me pull up my Twitter page this, from this morning. No, you, don't Barbara. show don't 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 show your don't show your uh, DMs. That's that's no 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 not not my DMs, not my DMs whatsoever. Right. It's it's easier than that. They both followed me this morning. Oh, and and Barbara, that. stop flirting with me, okay? Hey, look at that. Uh, you know, but he generally gets about 40,000 views on his live streams. And I don't mean live views at all at the same time. That's, that's collectively as people watch them, but, uh, that's usually within a day or two. Uh, so I would expect if even a portion of that comes over, the chat's going to be pretty busy. So, uh, so anyway, interesting development. Uh, we're looking forward to get a, in, in, you know, the the reason why he's definitely relevant is because he's actually there on the ground. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what he's been encountering. Um, and then definitely uh, we'll try to get some of your questions answered um, after we've, we've listened to him. So make sure uh, on Friday that you show up uh, on, you know, right on on the on the nose. Um, once again, that'll be uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh on Friday. So, uh, we will be on time. Assuming he is here, we will go live, uh, at uh, nine on the dot. You know, we could have gone live nine on the dot today, but I kept, you know, running my mouth, uh, to the guys. And, he, and Ron told me, he's like, you know, listen, shut up. You got to go live. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, it is eight, eight, it's eight pass. So anyway, uh, so, so that's a, that's kind of a big deal for us. Um, it, and I will say to the chat, if you guys have people you think we should be hitting up to come on the show as a, as a guest, you know, somebody who has a, either experience or opinion uh, or a point of view that you think uh, would be interesting, definitely let us know uh, and, we'll, and we'll chase after them. You know, uh, Watcher kind of did this. Uh, he did sua sponte, you know, as we like to tell people to do. Uh, as junior uh, leaders in the army, and he sui sponte, and he got this. Uh, he, he said, "I was like, I was like, well, what made you think? Well, I figured, you know, I only, you only miss the shots you don't take, and he's absolutely right. So uh, he made the shot, and and you know, this was a bomb from from over half court. So uh, it should be an interesting show. Hey, watch! You're right. going to have to take a, a de lousing bath now because he's he's calling him a, a former marine ranger. So I, just, I know." It, it's, I, I, it hurts, you know. It's it's like it's like elite infantry versus light infantry, and I'll let you guys pick which is which. <laughs> fight, 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 fight! Rangers are army guys who want to be marines, <laughs> or or in my experience, marines who wanted a quick promotion path. 
<laughs> I'm just not even going to touch any of this. <laughs> I just laugh. You know, I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's my it's it's my brothers from the Department of the Navy, kind of you know, kind of talking. It's which which it does say on their seal, Department of the Navy, and then underneath, in real small little print, United States Marine Corps. It, that actually is Latin for men's. <laughs> Okay, I thought it was Crayola, but what do I know? <laughs> All right, so uh, real quick, um, you know, I, I wanted to talk one last, you know, I wanted to talk one last thing. I, You know, Joe's favorite character of this entire uh, war <laughs> definitely has been um, uh, Katerov, right? Am I saying it right? Katerov? I have a I have a history of not saying that name right. I think that's right. Katerov. You know, we I, had an SM volunteer anyway. just to come teach you how to pronounce these names. I know it's is isn't it sad? I I need it anyway. So th you know, I thought this was interesting. So he actually did. Uh, so he actually did a video where he both went to a hospital though on the front lines, and he met with a general uh, that's kind of coordinating the uh, all the stuff at in and around Mariupol, um, but. So he's in these real places, but then what does he do? He goes and he goes to a freaking gas station somewhere in Russia, probably close to, uh, you know, Ukraine, but not in Ukraine because they don't have this gas station. What is it? Rosneft, right? Petrol. Rosneft. And I'm I, pretty sure that's a Rostov license plate on that car. Right. Yeah. But. So this is probably Rostov on Don, you know, that area or whatever. Um, so this is either before or after he went. That's his son behind him. It, if you notice in the videos where they are uh, meeting with all the people, his son has on all his kit, right? Like his vest, you know, and, you know, plate carrier or whatnot, you know, because you would want that, you know, in a war zone, right? But, you know, it, he didn't have it on there. So the, clearly he wasn't uh, in uh, grave danger. Um, is this the hospital one? This is the I, hospital one. Yes. Not only am I leader, I am doctor. Now, I, I'm pretty sure that we saw him in a video uh, just just last time we were here. I am almost positive that that's the gray beard that we saw uh, uh, standing yeah, like, in that alley next to that though, guy right? who got shot in the leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, Evan, yeah. So, and this is so. See, his son has got the plate carrier on and all that kind of stuff now. So clearly, he is. Uh, you know, they're taking. You know, they're not taking anything. This is, this is this is this is weird. Is what this so is. when they were at the gas station, were they putting on those little uh, Brandon stickers? You know, I did that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> 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 they got the Putin version. He's I praying did. over him, and yeah, that, that's all. It's a, it's it's just an orthodox Christian thing, I think. No, no, I don't think it's not orthodox Christian Muslim. at all. Oh, is it? They're is Muslims. Muslim? Oh, they're Muslims. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're Salafists. Oh, you know what? I keep thinking Ukraine, and that's why I'm thinking. Yeah. By the power that's of why he's on a pyramid in the, in the in the parking lot there. <laughs> <laughs> the power of Chechnya, I heal you. No, <laughs> 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 see, look, they even drew for. Him. By the power of the beard. <laughs> now we are not making any kind of uh, 
proclamations about Muslims or anything. We're making proclamations about the. And that's his boy. Right this there. this his idiot boy is here. like thirteen. Well, you know that's a that's that's a full grown man in Chechnya. And one dude's wearing like a cape. So anyway, I thought uh, Joe, you'd get a kick out of seeing this this uh, this you know this dummy out and about, uh, and that then finally, <laughs> oh boy, what are you you know what are you gonna do with these guys? I mean, oh oh, Abdul, I... are you okay? <laughs> you know what's my favorite thing is you can always oh, tell when someone's scary is on a bike. He yeah, broke you, that you, leg. Slow that down. Yeah, watch it. Watch it. Freeze it. Oh, oh he sure did. That ankle. <laughs> oh, is he going to get, he get, he's gonna get the Chechen Purple Heart for that? <laughs> I, I love the, oh, yeah, that broke. Mm. That would be the Purple Crescent. Yeah, the Purple <laughs> Crescent. <laughs> um, yeah, oof. Um. I love that you can always tell when it's someone's absolute very first time ever sitting on a bike. Oh, man, that didn't. <laughs> Hamdullah, are you okay? <laughs> Corgi, he's going to need some more of Chechnya. I, I'm going to play it once with the sound because it's kind of loud, but they're all laughing at him. I'm going to play See, they were there. <laughs> oh, he's going to need the power. Yeah, combat injury when they send him back. Uh, we do have a couple more. Uh, I don't know if they're videos, but we got a couple more links for this. Oh, this is where he met the general. Yeah, yeah. This Now, this general was supposedly dead. Oh, no, let's see. Yeah, so th no, this is uh, this isn't the video where he meets the general. Maybe it's this one. Well, did you see also that the allegedly dead Canadian sniper showed up a few hundred miles away from where he allegedly died? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we showed that we yeah. being risen from the dead in this conflict. Wow. It's an Easter well, miracle. And, and you know, and you know the uh, the first <laughs> Chechen that they said was dead. They they show him. There's a video of him out now too. You know, basically, so like every literally everybody, all the Chechens they said had been killed. All the brand name Chechens. Maybe are all maybe Reddit guys are right. Uh, you do get to respawn behind your enemy. I, I don't know. <laughs> it is Call of Duty after all. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, so uh, you know we're 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 coming coming up on two hours. I just wanted to make sure we had a you know we had a uh, a laugh here at the end. Um, you know, so uh, anyway, so this has been a good this has been a good show. I think um, we asked some tough questions and we kind of talked about some things that, you know, you know, it's uncomfortable to kind of uh, deal with some of these things um, because this, you know, when people are dying by the bucket full, like like we're seeing in Ukraine, you know, it's not about, you know, choosing one side or the other. It's not like, you know, shilling for Putin or shilling for Zelensky and the Ukrainians. I mean, it, we have to be morally honest with ourselves and, and we have to look at these issues um, with open eyes. And, you know, you know, we have to call spades a spade. We can be very sympathetic with uh, the, the little guy in this, you know, which is ultimately the Ukrainian civilian, uh, yet still call 
uh, Zelensky on his stuff and call Putin on his stuff. Um, ultimately, these are uh, these are wars are you know often you know elites basically uh, going for elite things, um, and usually the little guy always loses. So um, that's the way that's kind of our philosophy and how we we come at this. Um, we we've got a lot of years of experience and a lot of different conflict zones. Uh, to draw upon uh, on the council, and you know we, you know we 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 try to do our best. And if uh, if you don't like our takes, then that's cool. You know, uh, you know, GB clearly uh, had a had an issue with that, and you know, I I I I don't want you guys to think that he got under my skin. But at the same time, I just don't I don't appreciate somebody uh, you know kind of calling uh, myself or any of our uh, counsel out as, as being a shill for Putin uh, because that kind of stuff isn't going to fly. So um, that being said, um, I know, Joe, you've got to go. Um, so I'll go ahead and uh, let's let's real quick. Let's talk about tacticalism.com. Uh, what do you got going on this week uh, over there? Um, you know, um, a reader suggestion, uh, being prepared and getting your kids prepared right oh yeah so, um i'll be working on that uh today and tomorrow um it's actually kind of an overlooked thing right everyone just just thinks your kids are going to go right along but your kids need some 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 training and discussion and and need to be fully involved in things right Who's when it depends on the stuff? age too right yeah depends on the age and all that kind of stuff so we're going to give some ideas about that um and um again if you haven't bought the books there's a series of books there on how to make yourself a little more ready uh, what sort of skills and gear to get and um, some skills on how to keep what you have because people behaving badly will be one of your big risks in any sort of a situation. I think we're seeing that uh, across Ukraine. Um, government's not going to be there always to help you out. So take a look at the books. Check them out. Yeah, absolutely. And like Joe said in the chat, we're going to be uh, talking you know, south of the border and south of the border means everywhere south of the border, not just uh, Mexico. So um, that's a, definitely an area of interest of us. And we'll be talking about that. Thank you, Joe, uh, for coming on today. Tacticalwisdom.com. Definitely check out his blog. And uh, if you want to buy the book from Joe and get it signed and not put money in Bezos's pocket unduly, uh, definitely uh, give that a look. So um, no, all money, right, Joe. no more money right, we'll for Jesus. Bezos. Yeah. Take care, brother. Right on. Um, hold on a second. I got to let the cat in. All right. While he's letting the cat in, uh, guys, I, I'm sure that, uh, we can probably talk him into answering questions, but just in case Ron and Colonel Mike can't stick around, why don't we just go ahead and, uh, Ron, where can we find you online? <clears throat> uh, ronmuller.com or at, at the, uh, the handle there at OGA underscore, underscore Ron, um, Thank you very much. Always been a always always a pleasure listening to a wonderful discussion with you guys. Ron, we like and, you so much. What's going on in the world? What, what's what's going on with your campaign right now? Is there anything new? Oh no, I mean, <laughs> we're 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 going out. We're meeting people, and uh, the message is resonating. Um, you know, it's it's a long time till June seventh, but we're uh, we're. We're, we're we're talking we're talking some hard truths and it's it's a it's a candidacy which I think a lot of the people here aren't used to it's it's always been more of a, a high school popularity contest with the uh, the good old boys of the uh, of the the old the old guard sort of selecting the candidates and who's going to win so um, I'm either a breath of fresh air or um, 
maybe not fresh air <laughs> the other the other end of that um so but it's uh it's been an it's it's an interesting experience i would encourage everybody in the audience you know to get involved with your local politics you know don't worry so much about the federal stuff that you know unless you're you know running for congress and you know that sort of thing you're never going to really get in into the fix but you can make an impact locally at your school board in your city in your county um just you know on a, on a planning and zoning board you you can you can have an impact and you can help save this country one one political office at the time absolutely i love that ron it's uh i i always get drawn back to uh what george carlin said it's it's a big club and and we're not in it, but that doesn't apply to places you can actually reach out and touch and go see people and not just write them an angry letter, but actually come into their office and tell them, hey, this isn't OK. Exactly. Uh, OK. And, and by the way, if you're interested in some cool uh, Ron uh, war stories, definitely check out yesterday's show from a legal mindset. He he, uh, he he regaled us with a couple uh, cool stories. So definitely you check held a gun to my head. Stop it. Hey, hey, man, you know, you've got you've got some cool stories and they deserve to be heard. So uh, I don't have cool stories like yours. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> a man who does have cool stories to tell, but they're so secret. He can't tell the Colonel Mike that. I don't know if that's true. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I wrote some books. You know, it it makes for a good segue, Mike. Hey, man, you know, I, I'm I am a little disappointed on Twitter. I, I've got these. I'm going to call that a meme. Yeah, I don't know what you call that. See the cigar? Yeah. You no, know? it is. It's really good. That's why I pulled it up. I like this, <laughs> Mike. That's good. But no, I've only had <laughs> one person comment on Twitter. So that person, and I'll just. You know he'll be, he'll be nameless, I guess, but uh, I sent him a free copy of uh, the the fifth book in the series. Oh, very um, cool. it, yeah. So I got five books, real quick. Uh, to, to make it very quick, um, they're a little different because it's it's America going on the offensive. Uh, you know, there it's a preemptive kind of nature of of something short of war. Uh, and I, I typically am I'm very nice where I don't kill everything in the world. Uh, so there's a lot of cyber type stuff. And it's it's all non-attributional type activity. Um, but, but I had to comment in the show. I was listening to the radio and someone in, in the administration coined the phrase. And I, this killed me. But, uh, you know, what we're doing is strategic ambiguity. And I about died when I heard that. I mean, that's the same kind of strategic patience that you got out of the Obama administration. When I heard that, I was like, "Yeah, man, that's that's awesome." Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use that somehow in you know a sequel. Uh, I just thought that was the funniest goddamn <laughs> thing. Um, but we were talking about uh, um, you know the the nature of this particular war over in Ukraine being very murky. Uh, uh, some of these things will make people uncomfortable. And the only the last thing I'll say um, about my books, and very purposefully, there are some scenarios in in you know the course of the five books that are quite purposefully on a moralist uh, level, very murky, and that should make you very uncomfortable. Uh, so, so you know, it's one of those books where you uh, there's a lot of layers to it. 
Um, hey, and and the other thing, uh, just of of some interest in the very beginning stages of working towards, uh, uh, you know, vocalizing this for uh, uh, what do you call those books? Audio books. Um, so kind of, I'm kind of working, uh, with, with a lady named Toby, um, on that, uh, that's just kind of starting. Uh, I think, I think Toby's what, in the chat actually. Yeah. I think what will happen is, you know, the first iteration of this movement is she'll read excerpts from the books on her show and, uh, you know, we'll go from there to see what kind of uh, demand, if you will, there is for that on her show. Uh, but the ultimate state is eventually to 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 put this into an audio book. Uh, a lot of people have expressed that that is very convenient. That's a, a convenient format yeah. for like a trucker. I have one reader who's a trucker. Yeah, uh, obviously, is. you know, so reading is very very difficult while you're <laughs> while you're working. But she's on the road, you know, twelve thirteen hours a day, whatever you know, whatever she's doing. So um, uh, I'm kind of excited about that. That that's going to be kind of interesting. Army didn't teach me him how to read. Well, that's not that's not value added for a soldier. I I, I wouldn't think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. That's a, that bad joke uh, has put paid to this stream. So, uh, real quick, um, now you folks still watching? Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do that. Uh, hit the bell for notification. Like this video so you let the algorithm know that this is. A, you know, longer streams, like two, two hour streams, don't get a lot of love from uh, YouTube's algorithm. So uh, when you give them a high kind of viewer to like ratio, that kind of bumps it up in the algorithm. So please uh, give that a consideration if you haven't uh, hit the like button already. And yeah, clearly we need the subscribers to come on in. Um, also in the link in the chat uh, for the Gilded server, please. Uh, if yes. you have, if you're, if if you if you like this show and you want to kind of join in the kind of larger conversation that's going on with our community, definitely jump on the server and, uh, and join the fun. Uh, we've got a, a we've got a pretty good active group of folks on there. It's growing quickly. Uh, we'd love to get you in there. That's where probably some of the more spicy political conversations are going on. Um, and we've got kind of different rooms for different uh, in, interests. Um, you know, Toby, you know, Mike was talking about Toby is one of the folks that are going to be working on the uh, production of that audio book. Um, and like she said, it's going to be an epic production by the time it's done with edits. And so that we've got creative members of our uh, of our um, community that are getting together uh, and doing creative uh, efforts together. We got some great mods who help, who are very helpful. If so, if you get in there and you don't understand how to use it, definitely ask for help. 